the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings to you. Thanks for coming along on this uh, rainy Tuesday afternoon. Hope that wherever you are, you're safe and dry and warm. Still feels like winter, does it not? Oh man, it's cold today. And I and you, you think, well, no, it's supposed to be fifty-one. I don't know. When I came in here at okay. two o'clock, it was forty-one. Yeah, and it felt really cold. Super. It felt really, really cold. All right, listen to this. Yeah. Um, a captain for budget airliner EasyJet has been suspended. EasyJet. I'd be a little leery to fly EasyJet. I feel jet. like they should come up with a better name. I think so. It sounds like a paper airplane. Like, one of those want, balsa woods. I don't think I want a jet to be easy. EasyJet. No, it should be, it's a complex piece of machinery. I think, yeah, I agree. Right? Do you know why he's suspended? Mm, a tweet? Uh, posting photos of his co-pilot and himself goofing off in the cockpit Good. mid-flight. Great. Yeah. Goofing off like uh, what? Uh, let me first of all tell you this man's name because I feel like I should. Oh, no. Poor Michael Castellucci. Has he lost his job? Um, I hope not. <laughs> be, I hope so. No, I don't want anybody to lose their job. For goofing off during a flight What's when he's he, the pilot. First of all, it's probably on autopilot. They're safe. They're secure. You have he a problem. A few, no, I don't. You have a We're problem. We're so quick to fire someone. Oh, oh he must be <laughs> banished. He's a Pilot. We did not know what he did. He may have taken a few selfies, like holding a, a cup and making a face. That's all I, you know, something like that. Something very innocent. He took photos and videos of his colleague interacting with animated characters and posted them on social media. He also took selfies using the app's filters and posted them online at 30,000 feet. Only flying from Paris to Madrid according to the BBC. Well, <laughs> okay. I mean, I can't necessarily defend you the yet? guy. I can't defend the guy. But clearly there was some downtime. <laughs> I mean, a little downtime. Whilst at no point, only the Brits use the word whilst. whilst. I like that. Whilst at no point. Whilst at no point was the safety of the passengers compromised. Exactly. This falls well short of the high standards easy jet <laughs> Yeah, the high standards. Of its pilots, said spokeswoman, uh, unnamed actually, spokesman. Okay. It is not acceptable and it's not representative of the thousands of highly professional pilots who work for the airline. Mm. We take this issue seriously and as such, the pilots have been suspended in line with our procedures pending a disciplinary investigation. Oh, good. So suspended. Maybe not necessarily. It makes you feel better. Because I'll tell you one thing. I'd like to get him as a pilot if I go on EasyJet again. Again, you're at 30,000 feet. You're on autopilot. No one was hurt. What do you know about autopilot? It's a little button you press. Yeah, so I imagine okay, it's like great. the car. Great. You're driving That's your Ford Taurus down the road. Great. You press a button, you're good to great. go. So, you, so if I send you a, a selfie while I'm driving my car? <laughs> no. No, all of a sudden that's not good. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Thank oh, you, Mike. Mike. That's really not appropriate. Yeah, that, thank you. yeah, that's why you should be concerned about the airline thing. 
Right. So, I see the t- so we're in the studio here. Cat tends to use the studio as like a, a wastebasket. Well, I just, just I like, got a lot of things here. I got go. a lot of news stories. Just like stuff flying around the room here. Do you, you want to hear what news stories I've been looking at this afternoon, John? Oh, you, you have been. You want just a little run through? Yeah, sure, go ahead. All the things that are going to be coming up on today's show. Please. Uh, Walmart's to, uh, removing Cosmopolitan magazine from its checkout lines. Oh, gee, that's a big moral stand amid the Me Too movement. Did you ever read Cosmopolitan? Never, never. I would never ever really? read Cosmopolitan because I have a moral problem with the really? magazine. Okay. That was as a teenager. That was in our house all of the I time. I bet it was, which there probably didn't help anybody. Five sisters during the 1970s. That uh-huh. was always there. The Cosmopolitan. Uh, a mysterious armored train traveling from North Korea to Beijing oh, yes. is uh, suspected of having Kim Jong Un on board. Did you see Kim Jong Un's? father on that a photograph of the same uh, train i did not it's a pretty train it's a green train is he upset that his one son killed his other son <laughs> that's a good question i don't know or that he's starving tens of millions of people i do not know the answer to that uh 37 years ago alice cooper um decided that the only way he was going to survive was to stop drinking alcohol mm-hmm. yeah how about this he's been married since what 1976 mm-hmm. All of his kids are, he said, none of my kids have ever drank or used drugs. Jesus changed me. I, I surrendered to Jesus, and he helped get rid of alcohol in my life. It's a really interesting story from the New York Daily News. Very nice. It's also Mariah Carey's birthday. I don't care. It's Quentin Tarantino's birthday. I do not care. Um, I'm wondering if you know what year the first reference in print to the Easter Bunny giving candy first is. In print. Probably uh, 1923. You are completely wrong. Okay. 1954. Okay. 1682. 1682? The Easter Bunny and And we're going to talk about how much sugar there actually is in cream eggs. Cream eggs. Do you like a cream egg? I, I only like the coconut cream eggs. Mm, yeah, those are nice. Although, the maple ones can do, uh, no, do that in the No, no, I don't like oh, that. No, I feel good about that. Okay, so let's talk about this for a second. The big, the, we're talking about the big eggs. Yeah, but they have the same version in the little eggs now. I mean, it's like the smaller... You know, you know the big eggs that weigh like two pounds, right? Right. They now have the little ones that are just like oh, they're yeah, kind of sure. like a bite well, size, yeah, yeah, right. not a bite size, but it's multiple bites. How about the eggs, the uh, chocolate eggs that you get that you can look inside of them when they have like a little scene? <laughs> you don't know this? You've what? never seen this? No. What? No, please. It's please. a it's a regular size, like you know, I'm talking about like one of those regular eggs. And somehow, you know, it's like there's like a little window and you look inside and there's like a little, you know, bunnies on a trail or bunnies by a tree. Or Is something. this like the little, the little, you know. No, no, no. It's not little, a view. You know, the little viewfinders? No, no, no. With the right, you get candy. a little story like I can watch Dumbo. On look the there. Thing. Mike's pulled it up. See? Can you see it? Yeah. Yeah. Sugar Easter photo gallery. Yeah. I've never heard of that. What? And that seems weird to me. It was a staple of our life growing up. It right? was? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was like mainstream for us. Oh, listen to Oh, yeah. That was mainstream for us. Yeah, plus we had Monet's and uh, Degas around the house <laughs> as well. How about, I remember the best, this is weird. You ever think back like on, you know, like all the things you've received as gifts, especially as a kid? My grandma, when I was a little boy, she, <laughs> this would be like silver boating today. <laughs> for Easter one year, you know what she gave me? Hmm. A chocolate pistol. I thought it was the coolest thing. Oh, my in the gosh. Hit. Talk about the most politically incorrect oh, gift. It was a chocolate. It was a solid chocolate gun, like a little snub-nosed pistol. I thought it was the coolest thing because nothing says, you know, Happy Easter like a chocolate gun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In which holiday do people buy more candy, Halloween or mm, Easter? That's a good question. Uh, I would say Halloween. That is not true. What the That heck? was a surprise like, to me. Oh, for five today. Can you believe that? 
more. That's how much more candy people buy on Easter than Halloween. I'm surprised by that. How can that be? Do you uh, do you talk about your Easter basket routine? Uh, I have an Easter basket for each one of my girls. Do you make them sit there and look, examine each piece like you do at Christmas? Because <laughs> to me, that's torture. Do you hide your Easter baskets? No, we don't hide the Easter baskets. What? You no. don't? Mm-mm. We always hide. Mike, do you hide your Easter basket when oh, you were yeah. kids? Yeah. Definitely. You hide them, come down in the morning, have to find them? No. Uh-uh. What? We did that ever? No. We still do that in our family. Is that right? Put them like, you know, behind the couch or somewhere like, you know, in the stove or in a closet or something like that. And you run around. Oh, we had the eggs. What, the Easter egg hunt? Yeah, we did an Easter egg hunt. We didn't do that. Oh, okay. Well, you should when have. When you do that? Like Saturday fun. afternoon? No, you do it Sunday, you know, while, the, while food's cooking, you know, for Easter. Huh, we didn't do that. Oh, did, did, you, did you miss out? Is, no, you not feel at all. sad no. about it? Okay, I think it's me? good. I was eating my chocolate gun. I was proud as all can be. And yes, each one, of, each, my girls do open each individual thing in their Easter basket. <laughs> and I think that's fine. What? Because then you can appreciate what you have. How about this, John? Do you get uh, Do you get them also like you know a basket and then because you know, I know some kids get like presents. Yeah, I always do. I don't always do it. <laughs> you get a present for your kid. You honey? know what? I, they always get a book. They always get a book, and it has to be some book that is like some great work of literature. Of course, it is. Yes, right. It's for know? their library. Yeah, here's Dostoevsky. Yeah, yeah, I do that. Okay, that's I. I got that for my daughter last year. Of course, you did. Father's Caramanza. <laughs> Nice. But that's not what I'm getting this year, and I'm not saying what I'm getting in case okay. they're listening. We are. Girls, turn your ears away. We're going to get you. But my younger daughter, you know, doesn't like candy, and so I don't really know what I'm going to put in her basket other than her book. Hmm. She doesn't eat candy at all? No. She, she, like, like gave up candy, and she gave up soda, and so I don't know what I'm going to put in there. Like really? a couple bananas? Huh. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Okay, uh, you know what? We got a great surprise for you today. Yeah, an old friend of ours oh, is back on the show. Holy smokes! So for many, 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 many years, our good friend Pastor Chris Marshall from New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania, he joined us once a month for a segment we called "Ask the Pastor." We love this segment. Mm-hmm. So you call in. You got a question about faith. Or family, or the or Bible, or religion, like something about your denomination, religion, or, or, or maybe you're you're an child athe- rearing, or an atheist. Maybe you've, you've you live as an atheist, but you got this question about God. And you don't really know anybody who believes in God, so you don't know who to ask. Or maybe you go to a church and you've always wanted to ask a pastor something, but you feel like this is a question you should already know the answer to, and so you're kind of embarrassed and say so you've never asked. But sure. the point is, you really don't know. Sounds this confusing. is your perfect opportunity to ask. Yeah. So if you're confused about original sin. Or Judas, or or why people are Catholic, or Presbyterian, or what you know Mormons are, or what you know why people go to Jerusalem. Like, right. what's the big deal about going there? Or all know. that. So, what we have is a professional, full-time employed, officially sanctioned pastor, and he's available for phone calls right now. 800-320-8255. Any question you want. 800-320-8255. Our professional pastor, Pastor Chris Marshall, is standing by. I believe he has a license and I he is he credentialed. Really? What if he wasn't credentialed? No, we made sure that we had something. We okay. went to his visit his office and we saw his little diploma on the wall. If, you, a, if you're not near a phone but you're at your computer and you want to send me a direct message, you please. can do that on Twitter or Facebook. Facebook uh, or emails? No emails? Yeah, I can do emails. Okay. Kathy at wordfm.com. All right. 800-320-8255. We're going to step away, take a quick little break, but uh, your phone calls, emails, and whatnot are welcome now. The segment with Pastor Chris Marshall, Ask the Pastor. That is coming up in just a few. Stick around. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy, the Tuesday rainy, almost Easter edition.
101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Now, what a wonderful relationship is the relationship of parent and child. But there is a higher relationship, and it is husband and wife. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Adrian Rogers shares the secrets for having a home on the rock this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Hi, this is John Hall. You know what's so amazing about my pillow? How fast I fall asleep. I don't know about you, but when my head hits my pillow, I'm out in seconds. Seriously, if you were to put me under oath in a court of law, I can honestly testify that my pillow is the best pillow I've ever had. Period. And that great night's sleep can be yours anywhere you go because inventor Mike Lindell is continuing his terrific offer this month for Word FM listeners. His four-pack special includes two full-size My Pillows and two Go Anywhere pillows. Great to toss in the car or in your overnight bag. Plus, where else are you going to find a pillow that comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty? Ten years! Just call 1-800-961-9207. Use the promo code WORD to get the four-pack special. Or enter promo code WORD at MyPillow.com to get the four-pack special today. That's 1-800-961-9207. Or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at ramachristianschool.org. You work hard to recruit the best talent for your business, so you know today's candidates want perks they can enjoy every day. Give them the healthy, active office culture they're looking for with Veridesk Standing Desk Solutions. The new Veridesk ProDesk 60 Electric is a commercial-grade electric standing desk that lets you sit or stand with the touch of a button, and it assembles in under five minutes. To learn more about the ProDesk 60 Electric, visit veridesk.com radio. That's V-A-R-I-Desk.com radio. Big difference between a bad fight and a good fight. And the payoff is so worth it. Is it possible to have a good fight night? Go ringside as Word FM welcomes Fight Night to Victory Family Church in Cranberry, 7 p.m. April 27th with Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott. Your relationship will sink or swim based on how well the two of you are communicating. A fun relationship game changer where you'll laugh, learn, grow closer, and never look at fighting the same way again. Just $20 a ticket when you reserve by April 21st at wordfm.com slash fight night. You've got questions. Pastor Chris Marshall from New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg has the answer. It's a segment we call Ask the Pastor. So no matter what's been ruminating through your mind, theologically, biblically, maybe financially, family, call Pastor Chris Marshall. Kath and I are going to sit here as well. 800-320-8255. 800-320-8255. If you've got a question, give us a call. And Chris, my friend, it's been a long time since we've seen you. Good to be back. Thanks for having me. Thank you. You've been traveling. You're a busy man, aren't you? Yeah. Since I saw you last, I've been in Cuba twice and Cambodia three times Whoa. in the last year. Yeah. Holy smokes. That's a lot of traveling, That's a Chris. lot of traveling. How's yeah. Cuba? 
Cuba is awesome. We were in the eastern part this year for the first time, and uh, it, it was incredible. The, what God is doing there, I, I say it every time I, you bring it up to me, but um, churches are being planted like crazy. Uh, more and more people are becoming followers of Jesus. It's, it's really it's a fantastic place, and worship like nowhere I've ever been. Wonderful. Uh, How amazing. exciting is that? Yeah. Finally, the veil's been lifted in Cuba. Thank goodness for those poor people. And I preached in Spanish, the whole sermon in Spanish wow, for the very first time. Wow, good for you, yeah. Chris. It You're was... bold, aren't you? <laughs> Well, I don't You've know. Been there was, hard there was an opportunity time, to probably. preach, and nobody. Uh, and there was two, three preaching opportunities and two translators. And I said, "Well, I'll try that one without the translator." And it, it was really cool. It worked very well. Holy wow! Mm, yeah, Holy very Spirit's nice. a good translator. <laughs> <laughs> and Cambodia, talk about that. Well, Cambodia, we're. It's amazing what's going on there in the public school system in Bonte Miche Province. We have 137,000 students, and we have the opportunity to teach them English. And we're using a version of the Bible. It's like a. It's called My Precious Book, and it's going to be in the hands of every one of those kids in the next few years. The teachers are being trained by Christian workers, and and it's in the public school. It's awesome. Very it's nice. Really cool. Wow. Okay, so um, you come here to answer questions, Chris. What, what we love about you is you always give it a good go. More often than not, you know the answer. When you don't, you say, I don't know, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so listen, uh, somebody called. They're, they're shy. They don't want to come on the air. So uh, Mike, our producer, just texted this to me. He said, a caller wants to know who Melchizedek is. Oh, wow. <laughs> starting, so do I. That's, that's starting in deep water, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? I mean, he's, I mean, he's called the king of Salem, king of peace. He's, he's the, my favorite. He's, yeah, he's, he's the priest who shows up. He's Bible character. Yeah, he's the priest that shows up after Abraham defeats the people that took Lot away, and uh, he receives the tithe from Abraham way before it's a legal requirement, you know. but um, And he receives the tithe. Yeah. He, he, re- doesn't, he doesn't give it. He receives <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, he receives it from Abraham. And uh, so many people think, obviously, he's a type of Jesus because it actually says um, that Jesus is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. So In Hebrews? Yeah, in Hebrews it says that. So, And actually, Melchizedek's mentioned in the Psalms as well. So, right, right. So he's mentioned in only— In fact, a, does the Hebrews passage quote the psalm, I think as so. I remember? Yeah, okay. I think so. So there's only a few mentions of Melchizedek, but Melchizedek certainly seems to be— um, the forerunner, if you will, of Christ in the, the Old Testament, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus seems to show up in various places in the Old Testament. If if he didn't show up there, that's at least, he's he's the person that, that Melchizedek points to Jesus because he's, I think it's actually in the book of Hebrews that he says that Levi gave the tithe to yes. Melchizedek because that's he right. was in Abraham's loins at the time, right. you know? That's so right. the, the point being that he is superior um, mm-hmm. above everybody else. And the only one I know who's superior above everybody else is Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Very nice. And also, it says he had no father or mother. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. What does that mean? He had no father or How mother? How does that work? What? Okay, so we, we waited that. into some deep waters to begin with. Okay, well, I got, I, I've got several direct messages. Let me get the number, 800-320-8255. People are calling right now, 800-320-8255. Okay, okay you want to read one of these? Yeah, okay, sure, this go is, ahead. Yeah. This is one from Twitter. Um, okay, uh, I haven't read the Bible much, but I believe in it. The thing is, though, I read Paul's letters and I don't like him. He <laughs> seems harsh. Do I do I have to believe Paul's letters, too? This is Evelyn. Okay. You know, it's very interesting that Evelyn raised that question. We just spent the month of March uh, in a series at New Life called Get a Grip. And it's the idea of getting a grip on the Bible. And we did an overview of the whole Bible. We had the walk through the Bible people come out and do the Old Testament and New Testament overview. And we did it in our messages. And the, the thing, the reason I say, you know, do I have to, you know, do I have to, you know, believe Paul? Well, 
Paul is the major writer of the New Testament. You know, yeah. I mean, he wrote nine letters to churches. He wrote, uh, what is it, four pastoral letters. So he wrote 13 letters. Some people think he wrote Hebrews. Other people didn't. But he wrote at least 13 of the 27 books of the Bible, of the tw- New Testament, I should say. Um, and so, yes, Paul is harsh sometimes. If you read any chapter uh, in, the, in the Gospels, you will find that Jesus is harsh sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, especially when he's talking about self-righteous, two self-righteous people, the, the Pharisees. Um, there are harsh things throughout the Bible um, because um, God is a holy God and he's against sin. And so from start to finish, we find there are places where there's harshness. Um, but the purpose of the harshness is to bring us to repentance, to bring us into a relationship with God. I believe if Evelyn, she said she didn't read the Bible much yet. Mm-hmm. I think if, if Evelyn would give Paul a chance, you know, and, and read the breadth of, of, of his writings, because if you really see Paul's basic point is we're all sinners, we're all condemned. Yes. But, but the good news is, um, Jesus came and fulfilled the law and, and took the punishment that we deserved and gave us um, salvation. So, I mean, Paul is the is the apostle of grace. He's really not the mm-hmm. apostle of condemnation. Um, but like I say many times, we can't really understand the good news until we understand the bad news. You know, we're we're all condemned. Yes. Paul says it best in probably Romans three twenty three, right? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But Verse twenty four goes on to say, "But our, you know, but we're justified freely, freely through grace in Jesus Christ, um, so faith in Jesus Christ." So, so I think if Evelyn would read all of Paul's letters, and and I would actually recommend that she do it in one sitting. It does, it's not that hard, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. And, and then she would see that yes, he can be harsh, but he's also. I mean, he talks about actually being like a mother in labor, you know, for his children. In one of the letters he writes to one of the churches, mm-hmm. I think Paul has a lot of compassion, but you if you just pick here and there in his letters, he comes across as very harsh. I mean, Philippians 3, probably the harshest. I'm not even going to say what he says there, mm-hmm. but he pretty much gets you know on the cases of those who are legalistic. And, and once again, Jesus was hard on legalistic people. Paul was really hard on legalistic people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whenever we start to read the Bible, we will probably find harshness when people don't understand Number one, our condition as human beings as condemned before God and that the gracious God of the universe put himself in the position of the of the payment for the debt that we owed. And um, Jesus talks to the ones who didn't really think they needed that, you know, the the Pharisees, the self-righteous Pharisees. Paul talks a lot to the Judaizers who were just people that wanted to have the legalism of the Pharisees instituted before you could become a, a believer. Nice. So you could read the letters, or let me segue. You could go see in, mo- in your mo- local theater, Paul, Apostle of Christ, the movie now playing nationwide. Except that neither one of us have seen it, so no, we can't not. really have recommend it? it. I haven't seen it yet. No, no, no I've, I've heard it's good, but I haven't seen it yet. But it is a segue. We've got no stake <laughs> in the game on that one. Um, 800-320-8255. What do you say we go to the phones? Pastor Chris Marshall was with us from New Life Christian Ministries. Uh, Dan, you are live on the air. What's your question, please? Hi, John. Hi, Kathy. Welcome back, Chris. Thank you. You're welcome. I have two questions, if you don't mind. First mm-hmm. of all, if you could explain to the audience what blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is. Mm. And then a second question, not related. Who are your three favorite Christian authors, 
and why? Mm. Wow, those are both great I'll questions. Hang up and listen. Right, okay, thank thanks, you, Dan. Dan. Thanks uh, for calling. First of all, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Jesus said every sin can be forgiven that a man commits or a woman commits, except the sin against blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. He said that in the context of the Pharisees telling people that Jesus cast out demons by um, the power of the devil. So my understanding of the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is when you attribute to Satan the work of God. So in other words, Jesus was doing God's work because he's God, but the Pharisees said it was really the devil. So it's really hard to commit the sin against the Holy Spirit, I believe, um, because people have asked me over the years, I think I've committed sin against the Holy Spirit. I said, if you're concerned that you have, you probably have not. That's good. Uh, you know, because you're, you're even that you're concerned right, you're probably right. means you have not. But but specifically, it's attributing to the devil the work of God. That's what the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is. Okay, then his the next question: the three favorite yeah. Christian authors. Wow, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. I don't know if the, I, these would be my three favorite, but probably the three that have impacted me the most uh, would be. Henry Blackaby, mm-hmm. um, he's written a lot of books, and his sons have you know written books with him and everything. But the first time I read Experiencing God mm-hmm. was a very helpful thing for me to understand how God calls us to work with him and what that actually means. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's probably one of the most helpful understandings of how God speaks to us. And, and just real quickly, he says he speaks through us through the Word of God, through prayer, through circumstances, and through other Christians, and in descending order. Obviously, you know the Word of God is his Word. Um, so Henry Blackaby has been a very significant author for me. Um, actually, an author that I just started reading, uh, oh man, what's his name? Saunders. Uh, he wrote the book Spiritual Leadership, Spiritual Discipleship. Oswald, Oswald Saunders, not Oswald Chambers, but Oswald Saunders. That guy, uh, in fact, I was put onto this author who wrote many years ago by um, Cuban church leaders. They said it, that that's what they use for their discipleship is spiritual leadership mm-hmm. by okay. Oswald Saunders. So I've just been working through that. That's probably recently, he's not a new author, but he's, he's probably the second most significant. Uh, that book will just, number one, it rocks. Anybody who's in leadership and reads that, if it doesn't humble you, then you have a pride problem, I'm mm. pretty sure, uh, because he, he makes us realize where our shortcomings are, but also how we can be strengthened. It's a great, he's a great author. Um, and then, you know, I guess I'd probably go with C.S. Lewis, you know, C.S. Lewis, you know, the many different books that he wrote and all different genre. I mean, the children's books as well as, yes. uh, you know, probably The Great Divorce is the one that mm-hmm. I think has was the most significant to me. Um, many people say mere Christianity, but I would say those three authors. And The Great Divorce is a story. It's yeah. not a yeah, it's, it's not a story. A, it's yeah. not a, like a, a theological exegesis. Right. It's right. Wondering. So anyway, that that would be my probably right now top three. Very nice. Those are good top three. Taking your phone calls, Ask the Pastor with Chris Marshall, 800-320-8255. Give us a call. If you drive down the street of any large shopping area, you will notice a number of mattress stores. They are everywhere, and it really makes you wonder if one is any different from another. This is Ron Trzinski of the Original Mattress Factory, and there is one mattress retailer that is truly different from the rest. In fact, there is one mattress retailer that is not really a retailer at all. At the Original Mattress Factory, we consider ourselves to be a manufacturer first and a retailer second. This separates us from the pack because our focus is on building the finest quality mattress sets available. Most of our sets feature a two-sided mattress construction, stitched cotton upholstery, and real working box springs. 
In addition, we don't play the retail games that are so prevalent today. No phony sales or high-pressure sales tactics. Just quality products at an honest value. So stop into one of our stores and experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original. Crisis. It impacts everyone. It's personal. Crisis is inevitable. Nothing like this has ever happened to me before. How will you respond to those who are hurting The Billy Graham Rapid Response Team invites you to a Sharing Hope in Crisis seminar. This one-day event's being held in Swickley at Christ Church at Grove Farm on Saturday, April 14th. It's sponsored by Project Pray Pittsburgh. You can find more information at billygram.org slash rrt. That's billygram.org slash rrt. For over 35 years, First Baptist Christian School of Butler has quietly offered parents one of the most affordable, high-quality Christian educations around. A complete education from pre-K through 12th grade with free busing, smaller classes, an extremely high teacher-student ratio, competitive athletics, and SAT scores well above the national average. Think an affordable Christian education is beyond your reach? Think again. First Baptist Christian School of Butler at butlerfbcs.com. I, Luke, send a message to all those that follow our Lord Jesus Christ. From the studio that brought you Risen and War Room comes Paul, Apostle of Christ. There are men, women, children that will never meet you. There must be a handwritten account of your acts. Their faith challenged an empire. Do you really know about these Christians? I am concerned with these documents. Their words change the world. Love is the only way. Paul, Apostle of Christ, starring Jim Caviezel, rated PG. 13 may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now play. Go to paulmovie.com. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. We'll see some rain and drizzle on occasion for tonight. Temperatures will slowly be on the rise for tomorrow, a milder day with intermittent rain and drizzle, high 58. A bit of rain at times for tomorrow night, the low 48 degrees and remaining cloudy and damp Thursday with rain at times and again mild. Highs right around 60 degrees. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Hey, welcome back. Pastor Chris Marshall is live in studio with us. Chris joins us from New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania. It's a segment we call Ask the Pastor. So you call in at 800-320-8255 and you ask Pastor Chris anything, anything about the Bible, relationships, money, you name it. And he'll uh, give it a a good whack and see if he can answer the question properly. It's not something, you know, trying to fool you or trick you or anything like that. But people want to know. So we've already had some good calls already. Let's go and speak with Ken. Ken, you are uh, live on the air with us. Uh, What's your question, please, for Pastor Chris? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I uh, attended uh, a church uh, most of my life. I was a lifelong member, and uh, at one point in time, there was some upheaval in the church, and I had moved to a, uh, transferred my membership to a different church. And uh, I returned back to the church, and due to health reasons, I can't go on a regular basis. Uh, but I've approached the pastor like three times about trying to get together, I'd like to talk to him. And uh, I said, can we get together for breakfast or lunch? And the third time I went to approach him, going out the doors, he's shaking hands. And I started to say something. He says, yeah, I know. You want to get together for breakfast or lunch? And I just let it go. And um, uh, what's your thoughts on it? Well, Ken. Uh, well, first off, the first question or the first part I would say is I understand that 
many people want to have breakfast or lunch with the pastor. Sure. And the thing that I would say is in any – huh? Small church, okay. All right. Well, in a small church, it's, I mean, it really is a different situation than a large church. I'm in a church with 800 people, and there's only 14 breakfasts and lunch each week, um, and I can't spend all my time with them. But in a smaller church, I think at least uh, one of the things, I've been, I've been part of a small church in my life. I've been pastor of a smaller church in my life, and I do my best to do one of three things. If I, if I can meet face-to-face with somebody, I do. I still do that. In fact, I'm meeting for lunch with somebody this week. Um, if I cannot meet face-to-face, then a phone call, and, and worst-case scenario, an email. If you email me, I will always email you back. It might not be that day, but I will always email you back if you have a question, a concern, or whatever. If, if, it's, a, if it's a matter of you just want to get together, you have some questions, or you want to build a relationship – the, the larger the church, the more challenging that becomes. Sure. The smaller the church, the easier it is. Sure. And so I would say if you're in a small church and the pastor, uh, it, I would ask the question is, put yourself in the pastor's situation. What's going on in the life of the church right now? Is there some special thing that's going on that's taking up more of his time? But the, 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 the thing that I would say is we all ought to be courteous to each other, at mm-hmm. least courteous, and say, okay, I know that you want to get together. I, I would say, I know you want to get together, but I can't right now. It might be, might be weeks or months, you know, but I think that I think that you deserve an answer that would say, yes, I'm going to do it, but I, it will be weeks, or no, I can't do it because of what reason, and, and give a reason. Yeah. Yeah. But but I, I basically, uh, Ken, as, as you mentioned, it's a smaller church. I think that pastoral care is something that's more expected from the pastor in a smaller church, whereas the larger the church gets, the more pastoral care is is distributed out among all the people of the church. That, that's a short I answer. I understand that. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I just felt like this was because this one for uh, at least I'd say probably a nine month period that I had mentioned to him. Oh times wow! The last yeah, time. that's a long time. I just got blurred off. I mean, you know, you think like, oh, let's put it on the calendar. It doesn't matter if it's five months right. out, six months out. It's on the calendar, so we'll jump forward. Thanks an awful lot, Ken. I appreciate the phone call and hope you find some resolution there. Um, Want to go to another phone? Sure, please do. 800-320-8255. Ginny? Uh, is this Ginny? Yeah, okay. Yes, hey, it is. Hi, Ginny. Uh, thanks for calling. Hi. Yeah. Hi. I have kind of a silly question, I guess. I am a believer, and I believe on faith. I never question anything. But I always wonder where the dinosaurs come in, like in relation in the chronology, to... right? Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a really good question, and people answer it different ways. You know, it depends on. There are some people who who are very faithful Christians who believe that creation is six twenty four hour days. Uh, because the Bible says it was created in six days. Um, there are other Christians, I believe equally faithful Christians, who believe that the period of time designated as a day could be a, a really long time because the Bible itself says, for God a day is a thousand years, a thousand years as a day. For an infinite being, time isn't really a, a, a matter of importance. I would say, like Jesus said, he was coming back soon, 2,000 years ago. So anyway, uh, in, the, in, the, in the sequence of creation, um, if you look at the order in which things were created, the reptiles, the, those beings were created, I think it was the third day. I'm not exactly sure. One of those, okay. you know, one of those days. Right. But anyway, uh, sometime before people were created, the dinosaurs were created. And, you know, I, I, be- I am one of those Christians who believes that it wasn't six 24-hour days. I think it was six periods of time. I don't know how long. Uh, and, and it frankly doesn't 
I, I know that, that like there are people out there who will just say, I don't ever want to talk to Pastor Chris again after this, but I don't think <laughs> it, bad. I don't think it is six 24 hour days. So my answer is sometime between the time God created the universe and when he created people, he created the dinosaurs. Cause I do believe dinosaurs existed. Sure. I do too. And that's where I, I had the problem of millions of years ago or dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, I just that time frame just always confuses me. Yeah. Okay. There you go. I, I think the most important thing, Chris, you said just now, is that while many people who believe in Jesus and believe in the scriptures can read those and disagree verses in a different right. way. And right. it's not a deal breaker. It's as not far a deal breaker. It's not a concerned. salvific issue. Right. Right. The dinosaurs exactly. existed, right? God exists, people exist since the, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Should we take a break? Yep, sounds okay. good. Okay, 800-320-8255. We're taking your phone calls. Pastor Chris Marshall from New Life Christian Ministries. Give us a call, and uh, he'll answer your questions. We'll stick around. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. WORD. Be sure to listen when Chuck Swindoll points us to the greatest miracle of all time, the miracle of the resurrection. Through the centuries and across the entire planet, people gather around the magnificent message, He is risen. Celebrate Easter with Chuck Swindoll this week on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. November 7th through 15th, experience nine days and seven nights of breathtaking vistas, stunning sunsets, and the very best of Greece, courtesy of the Pittsburgh Airport Area Chamber of Commerce. Enjoy round-trip air, first-class accommodations, superb cuisine, and deluxe transportation through the beautiful countryside, ancient ruins, and rustic villages of the birthplace of Western civilization. All for just $3,099 per person when you reserve by March 30th. Details on the travel page at paacc.com. Individual results may vary. Sophia went through a lot of tutoring and got minimal results. For her ADHD, she was almost off the charts. None of the typical therapies met her needs. We felt like we were constantly playing catch-up. There was great guilt, like I had done something wrong. I hadn't taught my child what she needed to learn. She wasn't functioning in society. I knew I knew this was going to be the solution. Brain balance is the answer for your kid because it didn't just mask the problems. It actually addressed the issue. That little girl that wants to do well, that wants to please, that wants to make the right choices is actually able to make the right choices and to please now. This is not my kid anymore. This is this totally different kid. I don't doubt for a moment that I made the right decision in taking Sophia to Brain Balance. It has completely completely changed our lives. Why just mask your child's learning and behavioral issues when you can get to the root of the problem? Call Brain Balance today and make a real difference in the life of your child. Call 724-390-9012. That's 724-390-9012. Get away without going far. Lose yourself without being lost. At Antiochian Village near historic Ligonier, 300 acres of pristine woodlands await to refresh and inspire you. With 100 hotel-style lodging rooms, 20 meeting rooms, amazing food, and award-winning desserts, it's 360 degrees of mountain views bathed in the warmth of Christian hospitality. Book your next church or youth retreat now at antiochianvillage.org. Hello, 
friends, Christ Church at Grove Farm invites you to join us for a special service on Good Friday, March 30th. Beginning at 6 p.m., we will embark on a service commemorating Christ's death on the cross through special music, hymns, and pastoral reflections on the seven last words of Christ. We hope you will join Christ Church for this unique telling of the gospel on Good Friday as we prepare to celebrate His resurrection on Easter Sunday. For more details on this and all of our services, please check out our website, ccgf.org. That's ccgf.org. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone, like today. Get triple the clean for half the price. Locally owned Sears Carpet Cleaning on Mary Avenue, Pittsburgh, is offering three rooms professionally cleaned, a $99 value, discount price for shopping club members at just 50 bucks. Log on now to wordfm.com, keyword shopping. Jaunty music and all. Pastor Chris Marshall's live in studio. Ask the pastor is the segment. You've got a you've got a question. He's got an answer. 800-320-8255. Let's go to the phones and speak with Richard. Hey, Richard, you're live on the air. What uh, what's your story? Okay, so um, last weekend went to a school high school play. Yeah, Joseph Joseph, and um, they, they did a great job, awesome job. But in the second half of it. Uh, Joseph meets Pharaoh, and these two guys end up with their shirts off, and these two guys are ripped, you know? So uh, this guy does like an Elvis impression, and it's, you know, supposed to be funny, and it is. But, you know, he's doing all these sexual moves. It was like over the top, in my opinion. And so... um, I called a school about it on Monday and didn't get to talk to anybody. Never called me back. Apparently they, they didn't want to talk about this because the secretary asked me what it's about. What's my phone call about? And uh, I just wonder, you know. What do you think I, about I, that? All right, Chris, weigh in. Number one is I, I think what I would say to this whole statement is you have at least taken the first step, which I think as Christians we need to do, is you need to voice your opinion. If it's not being heard, there has to be somebody at the school, If it's even if you have to go to the school board. Yeah. Um, there's a good book by um, David Platt called Counterculture, and he addresses a lot of issues that are – in this culture, counterculture, abortion, racism, various different issues. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he says is silence is a statement. So in other words, if we disagree with something but we don't say anything, then we are actually going along and making mm-hmm. a statement of agreement. Some affirmation. You know, yeah. Affirmation. So I would I would just encourage you when you think you know that something is inappropriate that – you address it, and, and obviously where you went so far didn't get you even a, a hearing, um, but I, if you think it's that important, I wouldn't give up on it. That's what I would say is there are certain – I mean we have to choose which battles we fight um, because there are a lot of them. But I think the problem that we have as Christians oftentimes is we just don't fight any battles. We just sort of say, oh, well, that's the culture, that's the culture, that's the culture. Now – you know, and I mean, and here is the I'm, I'm pretty sure that John and I are this almost the same age. Yeah. And we've seen in this in our lifetime, the, the world has become a lot different sure has. Uh, and it hasn't become more like Jesus as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a lot of that is because Christians have stood by the road and watched the, the parade go by. 
and we haven't done anything. So I applaud you for doing something. Um, and I would I would follow up if you if you think it's that important I would follow up that's my sta- that's yeah. what I think I mean to be a Christian now is to be right on the fringes of uh, the culture right mm-hmm. and we're increasingly marginalized so you're going to just be a you know just outraged more often than not I think one of the other things is I would say is how we say what we say is as important as what we say that's really good um, you know I always say when you're right you don't have to yell. Um, but a lot of times everybody's mm-hmm. screaming. You know, in this culture, so it true. seems like if we scream the loudest, then we think we're right. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is when, when, we, when we believe that we have God on our side, we should be able to say what we say in a, in a way that's um, clear, in, in a way that's compassionate. But but in a way that's confident as well, and I, I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. No, not at all. Um, and, and and I think the more that we reflect the demeanor of Jesus the more that we will be heard. Um, because in Jesus' day, he was counterculture. <laughs> I mean, they crucified him at the end of the day. Um, so he was very counterculture. But except for the religious leaders, he was he was very well appreciated by the, the common people of his day. And we don't want to be, we don't want to end up being the Pharisees. Um, and right, I think the, the ones th- who are constantly yeah, moralizing, and, constantly and, saying, mm-hmm, how right, dare right. you, how and, far and, you are from mm-hmm, God. And right, I think all too often we end up there. Um, and so the more that we can say the things that we need to say in a clear, loving way, and, and, it, and we believe there's truth, and most of our culture doesn't, you know, so we need to, to step into that truth, but with love. I think Ephesians 4, Paul said that. I meant that. 800-320-8255, Pastor Chris Marshall, New Life Christian Ministries. Your questions, it's a segment we call Ask the Pastor. Mary is uh, live with us right now. Mary, uh, your question, please. Yes, in the first chapter of Job, the first verse, they refer to the sons of God. Mm. In the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as the Son of God. What are the different words referring to son and sons in the Bible, the Old and New Testament, and why are there different words? Okay, Mm. the Son of God, singular, is a reference to Jesus. The sons of God, you will find that reference several times in the Old Testament, and there's a lot of debate among biblical scholars as to what that means. Many people, many biblical scholars believe that there are a group of people um, created by God um, who were in his court and that he gathered them. And it seems like Satan actually was a created being, you know, was an angel. So some people think that it includes angels and others. Um, it's not a hundred percent clear. It's when, whenever John, John always says, "If you call in, I have an answer." I don't always have an answer, but I always have a response. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, my response this time is, "The Son of God is a very specific name for Jesus." Um, sons of God used several times in the Old Testament to refer to the court, uh, the celestial court, if you will, the heavenly court, which I believe is made up of angels. Um, but the there are biblical scholars who think there are being sort of between God and angels. So that's why they're called sons of God. They're not, Jesus and the sons of God are not on a par because Jesus is God. I mean, he's the son of God, but as we, as we believe in Trinitarian theology, there is one God who expresses himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So son of God is a term that is equal with God. Sons of God is our lower beings. That's very good. Appreciate that phone call. 800-320-8255. Let's keep on going while we can. Uh, Kathy, you are with uh, Pastor Chris. Your question, please. Oh, hi. Um, I have a question regarding the New Testament. And forgive me, I'm driving, so I don't have it in front of me to tell you where. But there's two stories in the New Testament. One is in Luke. 
concerning um, women that are using perfume on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Uh, One uses it to dump it on his head, and one uses it on his feet. Now, Jesus' response in both of those situations is the same, that, you know, I won't be with you for long, and the poor will be with you always. And I was just wondering, is it the same story, just told through a different different writer, or is it a different story with just the exact same response? I'm pretty sure it's the same story, different writers. So the the uh, the I, I also don't have both stories in front of me to compare them. But I think one's one's in Luke and one's in I think one's in Matthew. I'm not exactly 100 percent about that right now. And without having you know having looked up ahead of time, I'm sorry about that. But the the point of that particular um, account is that the woman uh, is giving the putting the perfume on Jesus' feet. He says she's preparing me for burial. Um, so this is actually it's in Holy Week. It's in like the week that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. It's in that t- season when and, and Jesus basically is confronted by Judas of all people and saying this money could have been used for the poor, you know, <laughs> and it's John because John says, uh, you know, he was actually a thief. And he's um, saying, you know, that because he could have taken some of the money if, sure, sure. if all that money was used for his purposes instead of for um, for the one. And, and so and that's when Jesus says the poor will always be with you. And, and, and Jesus is not discounting the importance of meeting the needs of the poor. He's simply saying this is a, of paramount importance because I'm about to go to the cross and she is preparing my body for burial. Um, and so she will always be remembered um, for doing this. Uh, so that's that's basically the two accounts. I'm almost 100 percent sure are the same account, just uh, different, different wording. Very nice. Different people. Hey, thanks for the phone call. Your phone calls are welcome as well. We've got a few minutes left with Pastor Chris Marshall, New Life Christian Ministries, 800-320-8255. We need to step away for just a minute. Stay with us. More ahead. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. I'm Robin Trzynski from the Original Mattress Factory. If you're considering paying retail price for a new mattress, this is your wake-up call. Why is there suddenly a mattress store on every corner? Well, just Google mattress markups. Original Mattress is a private label mattress brand sold directly to the public. We own the factory and the store. Why? Let's just say excessive markups don't fit our values. Just say no to the middleman. The Original Mattress Factory, thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com. For over 35 years, First Baptist Christian School of Butler has quietly offered parents one of the most affordable, high-quality Christian educations around. A complete education from pre-K through 12th grade with free busing, smaller classes, an extremely high teacher-student ratio, competitive athletics, and SAT scores well above the national average. Think an affordable Christian education is beyond your reach? Think again. First Baptist Christian School of Butler at butlerfbcs.com. Are you a responsible person who finds yourself growing deeper in credit card debt? Then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity Debt Management will consolidate your accounts and work with your creditors. You'll save thousands and become debt-free for keeps. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. 1-800-990-6976. 1-800-990-6976. Pastor Chris Marshall taking your phone calls. 
answering your questions. Ask the pastor, 800-320-8255. Let's go back and speak with Debbie. Debbie, you are live with us. Uh, please uh, hold forth, okay? Um, good afternoon, all. Um, pastor Chris, um, I'm a, what I like to think is a practicing Christian, um, well along in my faith and my relationship with, with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And most of my friends are, but um, some of them are just like right on the line. Um, I'm a nurse. So I work with a lot of scientific people. Mm-hmm. And when the question frequently comes up is, if your God is such a loving God, mm-hmm. um, why does he allow such bad things happen mm-hmm. in the world? Mm-hmm. And I always, usually always say, well, I have three responses to that. Um, I'll give you the biggest one last. The first response is man sinned in the Garden of Eden. Now, whether you believe that happened with the Neanderthals or whether you <laughs> believe that happened 2,000 years ago, where, whatever. But um, man sinned. Mm-hmm. At the, you know, when, when Jesus comes um, the second time, he's going to establish kind of like an Eden on earth the way it should have been in the first place. Mm-hmm. And he sinned, so he messed us all up. Okay, and second of all, the reason why he messed us up is because God gave us the choice of um, free will. Mm. Yes, we can obey him. No, we can't. And here are, you know, the Ten Commandments and the two greatest commandments. um, Love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul and treat your neighbor like yourselves. And if we all, no matter what our denomination is, no matter what our religion is, if we all just lived by these tenants alone, the world would be a better place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your question is, what then? What do I say to these people to make them understand? Well, what's your third one? I, I, you said you were leaving my, your best one for last. I want to hear it. <laughs> if I knew that, I'd be God. Right. If I really, uh, really uh-huh. had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I think everything you're saying is, is appropriate. I, and actually, it's probably the same place where I would have gone if you just said, what should I do? I That's would good. have said the very same things that sin entered the world through human beings, not through God. Right. right. And and so we're bearing the consequence of that. <coughs> Excuse me. The second thing I would have said is that we have the opportunity to respond freely. And if if God yeah. didn't give us the ability to do that, we would be robotic. We wouldn't be people. Right. <coughs> Sorry. So therefore, I, I think that the, the, those two things are definitely right on the money. And again, we don't have all the wisdom. There are a lot of questions that I have that I don't know the answer to. Sure. And a lot of times when someone is asking that question of one of us, they're asking out of their own pain. And so I think it's important Absolutely. to be able to say, I don't know. Because if you're in pain, even if you're not admitting it, the last thing you want someone to try to do is come up with some kind of theoretical answer. Right. When the well, bottom line is answer. they're looking yeah. for a human, they're looking for a compassionate soul mm-hmm. who's going to say, I'm sorry and I don't know. Right. And I'm sure they see you right. as a workaday person, right, connected here and living oh, your yeah, Christian faith. Oh, yeah, most of them are nurses and doctors and, <laughs> you know, um, Jewish people, um, Muslims, I I rub elbows with twelve different religions of the world. Mm-hmm. Well, Debbie, it sounds to me like you're doing a faithful job of 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 you know responding. And the most important thing is by living living that life of love and compassion in the midst of the suffering that you see as a nurse. I think that should be a testimony as well. At the end of the day, the same reason why the God allows the suffering is the reason why you can't convince them 
to become believers because that's a gift that that God is going to give to them. We can we can be the the one who bears testimony, but only God can bring the salvation. So just keep yeah, keep the faith. That's what I would say. Very nice. Hey, Chris, it's always a pleasure to see you. Thanks so much. It's been, it's been so fun to have you back, long Chris. Time. Yeah. Hey, Thank before you. we leave, though, talk to us about uh, New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg. Well, this weekend's Easter. So mm-hmm. Friday we have a Good Friday service at 7 p.m. Saturday at 5.30 and 7. We have Easter services. And then Sunday at 8.30, 10 and 11.30. So uh, things are going going great out there. We're building a new Children's Nurture and Discipleship Center. So we'll triple the space that we have available. Nice. And we just built our first building five years ago. So it's it's, you know. Life going is good. great, yeah. Life is life is going well. If you live in the Saxonburg area in the in the region, we got people coming from forty some zip codes. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to get to know you. We'd love to tell you about Jesus. Outstanding. Thanks enough a lot, Chris Marshall, New Life Christian Ministries. Information about Chris and the ministry, wordfm.com, and always our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. A mysterious armored train traveled from North Korea to Beijing and then headed back without revealing its key secret. Was Kim Jong un on board? Correspondent Gillian Wongs reports there's been little so far from Chinese media. It has been really difficult to verify what or who the train is carrying. We have varying reports, including reports that speculate that Kim Jong-un is on the train, mainly spurred on by the fact that the Japanese broadcaster NTV had earlier reported that the green and yellow train appeared to be very similar to the one that Kim's father and predecessor, Kim Jong-il, had taken to Beijing in 2011. A rough day on Wall Street as the Dow originally was up in the morning, but it dropped in the afternoon. The Dow down by 345 points. This is SRN News. Spring is in the air. Spring is everywhere. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Spring House. And spring is a great time of year on both our farm and our store. It kicks off with farm tours, and we just love sharing our farm with all those precious young folks. Graduation party season and wedding and shower season start up now too so my sister jill and her catering crew are on the road in our red springhouse vans almost every day delivering homemade country cooking to families all over the tri-county area my brother sam and his farm guys are busy this time of year planting corn and pumpkins and hay along with getting the cows milked and fed two times a day too the springhouse store crew loves serving all the families that come to visit to enjoy our homemade lunches and suppers to take a zing down our hillside slide and to top off their experience with a springhouse ice cream concoction like a strawberry ice cream shortcake. Come see us and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Hi, this is John Hall. You know what's so amazing about my pillow? How fast I fall asleep. I don't know about you, but when my head hits my pillow, I'm out in seconds. Seriously, if you were to put me under oath in a court of law, I can honestly testify that my pillow is the best pillow I've ever had. Period. And that great night's sleep can be yours anywhere you go because inventor Mike Lindell is continuing his terrific offer this month for Word FM listeners. His four-pack special includes two full-size My Pillows and two Go Anywhere pillows. Great to toss in the car or in your overnight bag. Plus, where else are you going to find a pillow that comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty? 10 years! 
Just call 1-800-961-9207. Use the promo code WORD to get the four-pack special. Or enter promo code WORD at MyPillow.com to get the four-pack special today. That's 1-800-961-9207. Or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. One company is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Sounds like a big number, doesn't it? Not to express employment professionals, seeking a skilled labor position, or administrative work. Maybe you're an executive looking for a career that fits. We take pride in connecting the right people with the right company. Express Employment Professionals is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Let us help. We'll open doors for you. Visit expresspros.com slash Pittsburgh West. Hey, just ask your delivery guy. Or the guy who built your delivery guy's house. Or the guy who laid the highway for the guy who built your delivery guy's house. Ford Commercial Vehicles can handle the job. During commercial vehicle season, save on Transit, Transit Connect, E-Series, Super Duty, and Medium Duty trucks. Ford Trucks and Vans. Year after year, America's best-selling line of commercial vehicles because they're built Ford Tough. Claim based on IHS market calendar year 1985 through 2017. U.S. TIP registrations, excluding registrations to individual seer dealer for details. We'll see some rain and drizzle on occasion for tonight. Temperatures will slowly be on the rise for tomorrow, a milder day with intermittent rain and drizzle, high 58. A bit of rain at times for tomorrow night, the low 48 degrees and remaining cloudy and damp Thursday with rain at times and again mild. Highs right around 60 degrees. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Greetings to you. It's a really dour-looking day out there. It is, and it's cold. You know what? Tomorrow it's going to be almost 60 degrees. So, I mean, it's still going to be dour. That's okay. It's still going to be gray. It's not snow. Right? We'll take it as it is. No, it's not snow. No. All right. uh, John, uh, you know, we, we usually try to celebrate or at least mention whatever national day it is. Usually it has to do with... Commerce. Yeah, or, or food or something like that. Well, it was you know, so National Puppy Day last right, week. Exactly. We so, right, exactly. Right, we yeah, talked about yeah, that. Okay, fine. so today is International Whiskey Day. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I can't. Mike's standing up and Mike, clapping. Mike doesn't have a, any no. music. <clears throat> no, there's no. I thought you'd have some music, Mike. Uh, yeah. yeah. You have, any, you have any, uh, anything about, no. about International Whiskey Day? Do I? Do, yeah. I? do I have any connection to that at all? Yeah. Uh, I can tell you a quick story. All right. I want to hear it. Uh, When I was a uh, young man, uh, I was 22. I was 22 years old, and uh, I was with um, a young woman. She was my girlfriend and um, uh, took me home to be with her family for Christmas Eve. Okay. and It's kind of a big deal. Well, you know, I had known her for a while. I guess you know, so. We were, you don't you know, just take, you know, no, some no. schlock home for Christmas yeah, Eve. so I spent the night, you know, at her house. And so uh, the family had essentially gone to bed on Christmas Eve. And then the father and uh, one of the sons said, hey, you, you want a drink? It was like a drink? And I was like, well, you know, I'm trying to, you know, be a, Ingratiate be a guy yourself, to the right? father-in-law. You know, I was like, yeah, well, yeah, sure, I'd be happy to do that. So he pulls out a bottle of Jack Daniels. Okay. And uh, had you had Jack Daniels before? I had had maybe a little snort or two. Not okay. really. You know, uh, it's an acquired taste like all whiskey is. Right. Um, anyway, long story short, 
Uh, I don't know how. I don't know why. That's the question, why. But the three of us drank the bottle of Jack Daniels. You and your girlfriend's father and who else? The, the brother, the gr- girlfriend's brother. I woke up Christmas morning. Oh, that's a horrible story. <laughs> it's a horrible story. I woke up Christmas. It just got worse. I woke up Christmas morning and I was sicker. I was alcohol poisoned than I had ever, 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 ever before or since in my life. I remember, I mean, I remember leaving their house because you know, we were going to visit my family on Christmas Day and saying to her, you must pull over because I have to hurl. Uh, it was the absolute worst Christmas day, Christmas day of my life. It was the stupidest thing, I think, and I've done a lot of stupid things. Uh, one of the stupidest things I've ever done in my life. To this day, to this day, if I'm walking by an open bottle of whiskey or I smell whiskey, I start to gag. So that one day that was it. saved that me it. a lifetime of, of misery. You know, I've never tasted whiskey. Never. Every single never. time. No, I haven't. <laughs> really? But since it's International Whiskey Day, I, I was interested to find out the places in the world that make the most of it. Make hmm. the most and sell the most. Really? Would that be Tennessee? Uh, no. No. It would really? not be. It, but Well, okay. So I'll do the top five. Okay. okay. So Canada is number five. Okay. Okay. Number four is Japan. Oh, okay. So you're talking country, nationwide. Countries, yeah, because yeah, okay. it's International sure, okay. Whiskey Day. Number three is Ireland. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. The key thing that differentiates Irish whiskey from Scottish is that it's distilled three times instead of two. Okay. All right. Number two, USA. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you are right. Uh, most famous types of whiskey produced in the USA are bourbon and Tennessee whiskeys, but also rye, corn, and blended. Okay. The most famous bourbon, of course, is made in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Number one place where whiskey is made, if this is not probably a surprise to anybody, is Scotland. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've never had it. The smell of it makes me absolutely sick. Mm-hmm. I cannot. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm, I was not made for alcohol. Right. I can't yeah. do that. Well, you're, you're healthier because of it. Now, New Mike, you yourself being a, a lad of about the world, have you yourself had uh, a crossroads of whiskey? Oh, yes. Look at it. He says that like he's so like, you know. He probably puts on his smoking jacket he when does. he goes home from work. Oh, yeah. with, uh, with, you know. Yeah. So your with whiskey, your cigar? With my pipe. Have you, have you, imbi- have you imbibed the whiskey? Um, I like Jack and Coke. I'm not going to lie. Jack and Coke, really? Really? Um, okay, I've never had that. Huh. I've had rum and Coke. I've had Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you're the healthiest one in the group. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not yeah, old enough. I'm more of a wine drinker, though. Like, mm-hmm. a glass of wine for dinner. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. good with that. I'm more good of a wine, that. yeah. But well, I sadly, do, it's not International Wine Day. No, sorry. But, but okay. you are a big whiner. But I'll I do have that, whiskey okay. on the counter because Jonathan, my son, yeah. when he teethes, I have to... You know, I, I rub a little bit of... What? You're wh- not giving your kid whiskey. Just a dab. Mike, come on. on oh, my gosh. I just, that? That, Wait, I just thought just of something. Don't do that, Wait, I just thought of something. No, no, no. I have no, had no. whiskey. Don't do that. I have had whiskey. I just thought of this. It was on your gums? It just reminded me. When I, was, when I was a little girl... I'm calling the SPCA. My, my grandmother passed away when I was eight. Um, But so it was... I, I was a very little girl. When <laughs> I was sick, my grandmother would give me... I know this is hard to believe. She'd give me a teaspoon mm-hmm. of Vicks Vapo Rub to swallow, followed by a teaspoon Shot. of whiskey. Uh-huh. Did it work? It was like being smacked. I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> after eating the Vicks Vapo Rub, the whiskey must have tasted like I mean, golden I, sunshine. It was like 
It, My dad used to eat Vicks VapoRub. Ew. That is, and on the label, it says do not ingest yeah, about yeah. five different ways yeah. and five different, like, capitalizations, yeah. bold face, italic. It's a weird thing, yeah. That he was gets, the thing. Yeah, so I have had it. Oh, my gosh. A little yeah. shot of whiskey. Okay. Uh I want to go back to I want to go back to the cream eggs. We talked about that in our first. Wait, hour. wait, wait! That's listen, a huge I, leap. Listen, I, I'm able to go eggs. back and forth. This okay. is a big pendulum swing. Right. So Easter's on Sunday. This is the time when people are going to buy their Easter candy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now we talked about the cream eggs. Some of them are just like plain cream. Some have maple in them. Like, Some have nuts. I like a cream egg, coconut. Do you like? Okay, so you would like the plain. I like like a cream the vanilla egg. cream. Yeah. Okay. You get a big knife and you slice that up and take a little chunk, right? If, uh, that's It's mm-hmm. Easter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there is a post that is on Facebook this week that has gone viral, okay? Many people are expressing disbelief at the nutritional content <laughs> of cream eggs, okay? So now this these are Cadbury cream eggs. So these are the little ones. These are not like the two-pound ones. These are like the smaller ones, okay? Yeah. Listen to what is in a cream egg. Okay, sugar, milk, mm-hmm. glucose syrup, mm-hmm. cocoa butter, invert sugar syrup, dried whey, cocoa mass, doesn't sound good, vegetable fats, thank goodness there's some fat in there, mm-hmm. emulsifier, dried egg white flavorings and color. But here's the number that might shock. Mm-hmm. Each Cadbury cream egg contains 26 grams of sugar, mm-hmm. which is about six teaspoons of sugar. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is impressive. I'm not, are you shocked by that? I am. Why? I, I would not have thought it was that much sugar. No, no. And why, why does it have sugar, glucose syrup, and invert sugar syrup? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of different varieties it is, yeah. of that. Because you eat one of those and your, and your mind sort of lights up like a pinball machine, right? This woman why put, are you surprised by that? This woman put this up on Facebook and since she put it up, I don't know, a couple of days ago, it's garnered 5,000 shares, 12,000 comments. Well, people are like outraged. How much sugar? Uh, well, I don't know because I didn't read them. I was yeah. just reading the statistics. But I did think that that was an incredible amount. It's Easter. How about, uh, do you like um, uh, jelly beans? No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jelly really? Beans. Oh, so is that, is that an essential part of Easter for you? Big Definitely. time. I is mean, it? They've been in the store now for, I don't know, a month or so. Every time I go by, I go, uh, no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Yet, right? talk about sugar. That's all they are. It's just pure sugar. Seriously. How about the little, like, uh, the connoisseur jelly beans? What, jelly bellies? Is yes. what called? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like a hundred different flavors. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Popcorn and pepper, everything. So good. Lovely. Yeah, see, I don't like those. You don't like a jelly I bean? I think I don't like candy all that much. Huh. Like, if I was going to have any, like, I don't need any Easter candy at all. That's just really? not of interest to me. Except, you know those, uh, like, the Sarah's candy, those haystacks? Oh, wait, you know what dark, I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking of about. I, so it's dark like chocolate yes. haystacks. So it's like a pile of coconut yeah. with dark chocolate exactly. poured over the top. And it's not just Saris. I mean, any it doesn't. But any I, good person co- that came to my mind oh, is trying to support the local economy. Is that delicious? A dark chocolate haystack. I'd rather have that than just about anything. If I could have like yep. filet mignon, mm-hmm. a baked potato, and a couple of haystacks. A couple. Give me a call it a night. Yeah, maybe three or four. Call it a life. I don't think you want to limit it to a couple. All right. Okay. You're, you're gonna... Six or eight. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. no. I'm walking whiskey. right and on for by. For sure, no Vicks Vapor Rub. <laughs> no. Well, you know, a little Vicks Vapor Rub chaser, right? And a salad. <laughs> 101.5 WORD. 
While our culture is cheering on people who transition from one gender to another, Andrew Walker says we need to be speaking the truth in love. It's very possible that if you're a family member of someone who's identifying as transgender, you might be the very last person who says to them, listen, I love you, but I don't think this is how God made you. We'll talk about the transgender debate next time on Family Life Today with Dennis Rainey. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. Obamacare, Trump Care, Affordable Care, COBRA, all of those health care choices, and you know they all seem to bring one word to mind, expensive. All the changes happening in health care today, there's just no way to keep track of it all. But fortunately, I know someone who's been on the forefront of health insurance for years. It's Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Now, Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every health care provider in the country, and so they can help to determine the right plan for you. Whatever you need or don't need, they will find a way to work out for you. So if you don't need maternity coverage, you don't have to have it, right? But if you have a pre-existing condition, you'll want to get that covered. So call Marley Financial for either one. What about if you just want limited coverage like accident or catastrophic? You know the answer. You call Marley Financial. And because they know how to design these plans, most of the clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up for you to thousands of dollars a year. So give Todd a call. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496, or look for them online at marleyfg.com. You run your HVAC unit more than you run your car. But would you go a whole year without servicing your car? Prolong your unit's life and avoid expensive breakdowns with Pellis Heating and Cooling. Pellis will service your system to keep your unit running strong. Of course, if you have an emergency, a Pellis tech is available 24 hours a day with after-hour calls returned within 15 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. This is Jay Hagerman of Hagerman Law. You had your will done years ago, but a lot's changed since then. At Hagerman Law, we believe it's always good to have a second set of eyes on the big decisions in life that deal with your assets and the people most important to you. We understand the nuances of elder law, issues like Medicaid, federal aid and attendance for veterans, and how they affect your estate and the ones that you love. So let's talk. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit HagermanLaw.com. November 7th through 15th, experience nine days and seven nights of breathtaking vistas, stunning sunsets, and the very best of Greece, courtesy of the Pittsburgh Airport Area Chamber of Commerce. Enjoy round-trip air, first-class accommodations, superb cuisine, and deluxe transportation through the beautiful countryside to ancient ruins and rustic villages of the birthplace of Western civilization. All for just $3,099 per person when you reserve by March 30th. Details on the travel page at paacc.com. We are Tuesday of Holy Week. Right? This is my favorite week of the whole year. Just, um, mm-hmm. It's a very special week. And so uh, throughout the week, we have uh, our guests who join us and will uh, 
interject and uh, ruminate and preach and teach about Holy Week. And You and I probably won't preach and teach. We will not, no. We'll, we'll ruminate, though. Yeah, we'll bring some people in who can preach and yeah, teach. That would be John Kessler. John joins us on a monthly basis. John is the chair and professor, Division of Applied Theology and Church Ministry at Moody Bible Institute. He is the author of the most recent, The Radical Pursuit of Rest, Escaping the Productivity Trap. And uh, John, my friend, it's always a pleasure. How are you? I'm doing well. Good to be with you today. Thank you. So, John, how do you handle this week? You know, John and I were just talking off the air that I've worked in a church uh, for many, many years. And so Holy Week for me is not the most meaningful of weeks. I hate to say that out loud, but I also have just have to be honest. It's very hard for people who work in churches. It's a lot of work. Um, just yeah. to have it, to, to, to maintain, you know, the week after Holy Week can be meaningful for me, actually much more meaningful than the actual week. Sleep. Right. <laughs> well, because you can actually take time to kind of contemplate the things and it's not. But how does that work if you are a professor? I mean, are you affected by that? How, how do you personally um, attach yourself to Holy Week? Yeah, it really, as a professor, it doesn't really affect me, except that I get more days off because you know, <laughs> of Good Friday. Um, I, you know, for me personally, I'm not really one who observes uh, the, the calendar in that way. That, like, like to me, this really isn't a holy week. This is just this is a week like any other week. I think the experience, uh, the fact that of the Easter events. Um, it does give me an opportunity to reflect about, you know, what happened and, uh, you know, what, what took place during this week. And in that way, in some ways, it becomes a little more meaningful to me than Christmas. Although, I, I, again, I have to tell you, as a, on a personal level, I always liked Christmas better because I got presents. Sure. I, never got, I never got presents at Easter. You know, so I, I, do, I do, I think, tend to think dwell more on uh, the events surrounding Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection because there isn't so much glitz. But at the same time, I honestly don't treat it any different than I tend to do any other any other day. And I know there are people who are, you know, they, they view it differently. Paul says, don't let anybody judge you, <laughs> you know, Sabbaths and so I, I think there can, there's room for differences on that. Yeah. I mean, so I, I'm sort of the polar opposite, John. I was raised in a, as a 1960s schoolboy in a Catholic school. Yeah. So for us, I mean, you know, all throughout Lent, you know, as children, we were taken to church every Friday afternoon. And yeah. we were, and at the time, this was just torture to me. We were forced to endure the Stations of the Cross, which yeah. I, to me, I was like, oh, I cannot believe this is so long. I was just, it just, mm-hmm. but now... I, honestly, I'm in love with it, and yeah. so when I think about Holy Week, and especially because of that, you know that th- that background that I grew up with, Holy Thursday, Monday Thursday means an awful lot to me. And, and again, as a school child on Good Friday, when we were in school on Good Friday, we we did not speak the entirety of the day, and especially from noon until three, that was like as mm. holy and as, as sacred. And that was uh, formative for you as a little kid. Big time. It was formative. I mean, I was an altar boy and a choir boy. So I was yeah. involved in the majesty and the presentation of all that. And um, it, yeah. it's deep in my bones. Mm-hmm. I think, I think though, what you're describing are the two extremes that, um, you know, that I think that's both the, the weakness of sort of days and seasons is that they can you know, with, without the without the gospel narrative and, and and without understanding the the real hope of the gospel that Jesus died for our sins, 
that he rose again, that he gives us eternal life as a free gift. You know, the focus on the time becomes just can be just a burden, right? You know, mm-hmm. this is like, oh, we go, you know, we go through this. Once you once you look begin to look at the narrative through the eyes of faith, that's you know that's where the real value comes in. Then you look at it and say, okay, I'm you know I am reminded this is an opportunity for me to remember what Jesus did when he laid aside his garments and he took up the basin and the towel. You know, this is an opportunity to remember that Jesus died for my sin. This is an opportunity to remember that Jesus rose from the dead. And in a, a very real sense, for us as worshiping Christians, we we go through the Easter cycle every time we come together as God's mm-hmm. people. Because every, in one sense, every Sunday or every day that we come together is a resurrection day. We're celebrating the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. In this particular week, it's a little more formalized, and the, you know, one of the values of it is it, in a very secular culture, there's still this cultural echo of this great event that happened, and it gives us an opportunity to point people to Jesus. So if we have the opportunity to point people to Jesus, that can happen on an Easter Sunday, um, and it can happen on any day of any week. I mean, I think that's the beauty, that's this thing we don't even recognize, the gift we have that the Holy Spirit lives in us, is right. that we have the hope of glory in us that we can that is ready to be shared, it should be ready to be shared at any time, anywhere. Right, in a way, for for believers, every day is Easter. Right? You know, every be, day, yeah. Is, yeah, every right. day is resurrection. And everybody but, should. And every day should be Good Friday, right? The the value of the cultural weight that it's at least it, I know it doesn't have the weight that it used to have, but it still has some weight. Is that there are people who are more open to thinking about the particularly the narrative of Christ's death and resurrection around Easter yeah. and. And some people who are would be interested because maybe the, maybe for the wrong reasons, just because maybe they feel guilty or something, they might be willing to come and uh, you know attend worship when they might not otherwise. Yes, so yeah. it, it is an opportunity to uh, you know to remind people of what happened and uh, the hope that Christ brings, and I think that's a good thing. It is a good thing. Yeah, I mean. So, like I said earlier, this is so deep into me. Uh, I grew up in a factory town. My dad worked mm-hmm. in a factory. I mean, literally, I remember as a boy watching everything slow down. I mean, time, yeah, right. time stopped. Right. And so, of course, you know, as a, an 8- or a 10-year-old kid, that had a deep impact on me that this day was so lifted from other ordinary days that time essentially stopped, and people who would not go into the church during the year found themselves in church in the pews on Good Friday. Uh, yes. And, and of course, you know, along with that, there was always, you know, stories of, you know, as I'm reading along as a school child, people with stigmatas and, you know, mm-hmm. all that, yeah. I mean, right. all this yeah. incredible drama yeah. and storytelling. Yeah. And of course, yeah. you know, you, I fell into it. Well, and it's, you know, the value of it, the, the, the great thing about it is that there is a kind of, you know, pre-evangelism work that it does for, for some people that... The danger of it is that it can be a distraction. It can, it can actually uh, sometimes cover the simple fact of the gospel and yes. become even a kind of superstition, you know, so yes. that we lose sight. Why did Jesus die? You know, he died for our sins. Mm-hmm. He, rose, he rose from the dead. How do we receive that righteousness? Not, not through the actions, not because we 
didn't eat Twinkies through the you know all the period of Lent. We receive it as a gift. It comes to us by faith, and so um, you know the it, you know it's funny it's funny that cu- the cultural memory of it. I remember when I was growing up. I grew up in an unchurched family. We never went to church, but on Good Friday. I could not leave the house from 12 to 3 o'clock, you know. But that's not, you know, that we've sort of lost the memory of that. But it does, it shows the gravity even down through all of these centuries, still the the weight, the gravity uh, that we can feel about Christ's death. Even when when we don't really understand it culturally, we, we feel the weight of it. And I think, again, as people who know the significance of it, it's an opportunity to bear witness and say, hey, let me tell you what that's really about. That's excellent. I'll tell you, John, I, I was uh, standing up in front of, the, of my church last Sunday. There were so many people in the sanctuary. Yeah, for Palm Sunday. Yeah, and I thought to myself, you know, I, I, first of all, it was, it was so much fun to have the, the room that full. But the second thing I thought was, you, the pe- and I'm not, I'm not trying to diss anybody who was there. I'm happy that everybody was there. What made me sad is that the people who only come periodically are missing out on being known by our great mm-hmm. community. And, you know, I think, oh, my gosh, I, I know how busy life is. I know how hard it is to, you know, get up one more morning a week. But, gosh, there is so much to be gained from yeah. just showing up every week. But I, I, see, I think for, for so many people... It is just a form. That's the that's the trouble with the form. It's just like we're just we punch our clock. You know, we come in, we punch our clock, and okay, we're good for another year. It's like it's like an inoculation, and it is because they don't understand what it really means. They don't understand the gospel, and and, and often it is a kind of a, a legalism that drives us to it. Yes. But you're right. You're right. It's good to have them there. I you know as a pastor. I I was happy to see people. Of course, come in me too. At that time, but uh, I think there is a. It does speak of a kind of blindness that um, you know that really the only thing that can remove it is the the true gospel. Yes, and you know I wonder about people who do show up. And again, not to diss anybody, but if you show up on Easter or Christmas. What do they think, and especially for Easter, what do people think as they're leaving the service? Well, you know, what, do they think, well, that was time well spent or that yeah. was curious? Or I wonder what people carry with them throughout the day, if not. Depends, I think it partly depends on what's preached. You know, I think if the gospel is preached, then they leave with at least a, a, a sense of the message. Sometimes, you know, it depends, too, on why they're there. Sometimes they're there because of other members of the family, and, you know, they're they have a sense of the atmosphere, but anytime somebody is within hearing of the gospel, is it's a good thing because there's always the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to work in that mm-hmm. person's life. And really, this is, you know, this is peak season. There are probably more people that come into church on this Sunday, this coming Sunday, than any other time of the year, Christmas and Easter. You know, those are the, those are the peak seasons. So. It's a it's just a good time just everybody who's listening, you know, let that gospel ring. Get in there, right. yeah, yeah. That's right. John Kessler, thanks so much for being with us, John. Yeah, John. Ha- yeah, happy pleasure. Easter, some days ahead. Thanks for joining us and sharing your ruminations. Yeah, and my hope is that on Good Friday you stay in that house from twelve to three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll work on that. <laughs> thanks an awful lot. John Kessler, uh his book his book is called The Radical Pursuit of Rest, Escaping the Productivity Trap. Hey, stick around. Uh we are gonna look in a few minutes at Genesis one one. 
Attention credit card holders. The secret that credit card companies don't want you to know is getting out. Thousands of people across the country are now settling their debts for a fraction of what they owe, thanks to National Debt Relief. The secret is that if you're struggling with or simply can't afford your monthly credit card payments, you now have the legal means to resolve your debt with your lenders, substantially reducing what you owe into one low monthly payment. You don't have to worry about bankruptcy or falling deeper into debt. You can now save thousands of dollars even tens of thousands, and be debt-free faster than you ever thought possible. There are no upfront fees, and satisfaction is guaranteed. If you're struggling with at least $10,000 in credit card debt, medical bills, private student loans, or personal loans, call National Debt Relief now for a free quote on how much of your debt can be reduced. Get this free, life-changing information now by dialing 800-506-2760. 800-506-2760. That's 800-506-2760. I'll tell you what, doors, particularly entry doors, have been huge for us this year. Energy Swings Donnie Dara. People have invested in houses in the early 2000s, and a lot of those houses had builder-grade doors in them. And unfortunately, they need new doors, and we are a platinum dealer with an entry door company by the name of Provia, and Provia offers fantastic doors, but to show that they're fantastic, we have an iPad app that we can take a picture of your home at the front door primarily, and actually look at those doors and build the door on the iPad and you can change the type of color the door is, change the glass style, the shape of the glass, the hardware, everything. The curb appeal is just phenomenal. So entry doors has really been a big thing in the Pittsburgh area and we're really on the cutting edge of that. Right now, get $500 off every entry and patio door this winter, plus a free video doorbell with your purchase and an additional 5% for word listeners only. Visit EnergySwingWindows.com. Over two-thirds of Christian young people will step away from their faith while attending a non-Christian college or university. But Word FM and Salem Media Pittsburgh have a solution. Salem Media Pittsburgh has partnered with Judson University, a private Christian college, in offering a limited number of special grants designed to decrease the cost of tuition by over half. These tuition grants are available now. Call our tuition solution specialist at 412-503-4769 to reserve yours. The one problem I have with my minivan is the automatic closing doors. Word FM presents Ladies Night Out with comedian Amy Barnes. Because they make it really hard to express your anger to your children. 7 p.m. May 11th, Mother's Day weekend at Impact Christian Church. Because sometimes you just need to slam something on them so they know how you feel. And with my van... And it's like uh, uh. a night of laughing, shopping, and dining. Doors open at 5 p.m. Get tickets at wordfm.com. We'll see some rain and drizzle on occasion for tonight. Temperatures will slowly be on the rise for tomorrow, a milder day with intermittent rain and drizzle, high 58. A bit of rain at times for tomorrow night, the low 48 degrees and remaining cloudy and damp Thursday with rain at times and again mild. Highs right around 60 degrees. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. I've never had a 
had a baseball. I was talking earlier, you know, it's International Whiskey Day. Yep. And I was saying that the only time I ever had whiskey, first of all, I started out by saying I'd never had it. But then I remembered that when I was a kid, my grandma used to give it to me, used to make me eat like a teaspoon, maybe mm-hmm. less than a teaspoon. I was very small, of Vicks VapoRub. And then that same amount of whiskey. On top of it. On, right. And then, Which, by the way, oh, you know what? We got a good response. Somebody on... Uh, on Facebook. Yeah, on Facebook. Well, d- okay. were you like at the Starlight Room having a highball once in a while? I was right? never at the Starlight Perry Room. Perry Como? No. Uh, okay, Jackie, a listener, responded Jackie. via Facebook and said, Hey, listening to you guys discuss, discuss whiskey. I grew up in a very devout spiritual home, but we always had a bottle of whiskey for, quote, unquote, medicinal purposes. Mm-hmm. Mom put a shot in my tea for bad cramps for a bad flu, and it usually did the trick, just saying. Of course, she said, being 100% Italian, we made wine in the cellar and thought it was no big deal to have a sip at meals. It may be why alcohol held no big attraction for me through college. It still doesn't. Love, love, love your show. Oh, Thank that you, reminds me of Jackie. Wait, my grandma used to what put kind of house honey? is Jackie living in? I'm no, telling, my grandma used to do this. We used to do honey, an egg, and some whiskey <gasps> in a mason jar. And then she'd oh, stir it up. No. And then you'd have a cold, and you'd have a little, you know, uh, little spoonful. You'd have to of that. drink it. Yeah, a raw egg. That's revolting. It's all mixed up in there. It doesn't matter. That's fine. That's sick. Maybe the whiskey killed like no, there any was honey. There oh, was honey. honey. Oh, there's no whiskey in that. No, there's honey, whiskey, and the egg. All so that maybe together. the whiskey's killing like the bacteria. I think so. Yeah. The thought of drinking a raw egg is so really sickening really. To that me. doesn't bother me. No, I wouldn't. Do, that's is that no because deal. of all the times you saw Rocky? Like, Rocky. What was... bump, bump, oh, it's so. All right. Adrian. All right. So, like, back to the subject at hand. Sorry. I've never had a baseball card. <laughs> well, that doesn't surprise me. I never did. You've never owned, like, you never, as a kid, like, went to the store, laid down a nickel or a dime or a quarter and got yourself a, a package of tops with a bubble gum, which was, you know, mildly disgusting. And then you peel it back, and maybe there's a Willie Stargell in there. Maybe there's a Dave Parker I didn't even know there. that's how you did it until just now. What? what? I thought maybe you went and said you decided to buy a Willie Stargell, no, but I didn't know. No, no. I didn't know that it they, was random. They all came random. And, you know, at the beginning of the season, of the baseball season, Tops, or there were other, all the other people who were manufacturing baseball cards, but Tops was the, the, the main one. They would run a series. And so you, what you wanted to do, which the, a lot of kids who you know had the wherewithal, the money, they would try to get the entire set, which essentially was like almost impossible to do until later on when baseball cards, their worth went through the roof. Then you could buy mm-hmm. an entire set, which would cost you, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. But as a kid, just go down to Butler's, lay your money down, get yourself a, you know, a package of baseball cards. I feel sad I never did it. Oh, it's a lot of fun. And then you turn the, and then so there's always a photograph. Okay. And then on the back, there was like a fun fact about the player. And then there were stats. Mm, right. Year to year I've stats. Seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is my first, my most beloved baseball card was with Willie Stargell early on in his career. And, you know, like some, they would do like sort of like sometimes bonus shots, things mm-hmm. like that, different things. It was a shot of Willie Stargell and his German Shepherd. <gasps> no. I was like, are you kidding me? Willie Stargell with his dog? I, oh, man. That was rare. Oh, my right? God. That was beautiful. So my, most, guys, most guys got baseball cards. Some guys, you know, like you put them in your you know, shoe box or something like that. You, your refuse ones, you put in the spokes of the wheel of your bicycle. Bup, 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 so you sound like a motorcycle, right? But always. And then there were flipping cards. You want to flip the cards? So guys would stand around in a circle, and you had your cards that you really didn't care too much about. And then you'd flip, and then if your card landed on top of the other guys, you got that card. 
So there was a whole art and a whole no, society I out on around a whole baseball cards. Thing. You did. Okay, well, you're going to love. I had no idea how much you would love the story. But there's a factory sealed box of 1975 <laughs> Topps baseball cards that's up for auction. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 75. Set 1975. Mm. That was the year several baseball legends had their rookie debut. Mm. A mint condition rookie card for George Brett and Robin Yount. Is that the way you pronounce that? Yep. Robin Yount? Mm, Robin Yount. Each commands price tags around 40 grand. What? So what is this going to go yeah. for at There's auction? no guarantee that the box contains those cards. Uh-huh. But of course, the possibility is there. Driving people nuts. Heritage Auction says, quote, this unhatched cocoon represents the best chance to locate the next pristine butterfly. So no, wait, no. So this is a like a store box. This is just one. Here. So, uh, no. So there's look, I'm showing oh, yeah, it to yeah, you. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, that's there's, a big box. Oh, that's a gigantic box. That's like a like a, an adult. Look, so it says 15 to 24 count. Yeah. So with inside that box, there are, are small little- boxes that are display boxes and they open that up. And then within that, there's maybe another 20 individual packages of baseball cards. So it's a lot of baseball cards. It is a lot of baseball cards. And there's still gum. Which yeah, I'm sure would be gum, delicious. Kind of funky to begin with. Okay, so I decided to look up the auction. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's an online auction and it's at Heritage. Uh, and and the current bid right now for the box is at thirty two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Yeah, it's a gamble, okay. right? I mean, and there's, you get some and great there's stuff. a there's a buyer's premium, so that you have to add. How about this? So if the current bid is thirty two thousand yeah. dollars, your total price, if you were if you were to buy it right now, mm-hmm. is thirty eight four. So you're paying almost sixty five hundred dollars to get in there as a fee just to get in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't say um, the minimum uh, next bid is thirty four thousand. So that's that's you, you can't go up by five dollars. You no. know what I mean? You have to go up by multiple. Chunk it, chunk you have to go up by when, multiple. When does the auction end? It doesn't have an end date. I was surprised by that. Huh. It doesn't say that. It's just it's just listed under um, spring sports cards. Oh well, unless this I'm I'm not used to looking on the Heritage Auction website. It does say at the top April nineteenth through twentieth. So I don't know if that means that that's when it ends. Not sure. I see. Do you know the most famous baseball card in the history of baseball cards? I don't know. That would be our own Pittsburgh Pirate baseball card, Hannes Wagner, which Hannes Wagner. So the the genesis of baseball cards is that in the early days, baseball cards were included in packages of cigarettes. So literally around the turn of the century, like 1900, I think there's the Hannes Wagner baseball card from 1903 is the most valuable because Hannes Wagner, now this is weird, the early days of sports, uh, they put Hannes Wagner in a cigarette package and produced these cards. Hannes Wagner was an anti-smoker. So he was upset that, one, he wasn't told that he was going to have a baseball card made of him. And, two, it was inside a pack of cigarettes that would encourage children to To smoke. smoke, So he stopped this. He said, you know, I'm not sure what the legal proceedings were at the point. I'm sure he didn't sue, but he said, do not do this. So there's a very limited amount. So these cards are super rare. They sell for it. And Wayne Gretzky, the the Wayne Gretzky-owned Hannes Wagner card, because at one point – at the height of the baseball baseball card craze, Wayne Gretzky bought a Hannes Wagner card. It sold for like five and a half million Come dollars. Come on. No. Five and a half million dollars. The Flying Dutchman, Hannes Wagner. Wow. Okay, hey, I, I just looked further into to, uh, uh, how Heritage Auctions works. Yeah. 23 days left of this auction. 23 days. Currently at $32,000. All right. I'd love to see that. I'd love okay, to see I'm going to send, I'm gonna send you the link. Okay. Maybe you want to bid. <laughs> 
Yeah. I'll bid on the baseball. Do you uh, feel lucky? The bubble gum. Hey, stick around. We're going to talk about Genesis 1-1 next. 101.5 WORD. Jay Sekulow explains the changes at the FBI. I think that we've got to... Uh, realize and recognize exactly what's at play. And what's at play is a situation uh, where you've got to be very careful, very careful uh, when you're answering questions like this. And uh, Andrew McCabe evidently was not. And the consequence of that was he, he lost his job. Jay Seculo live weekdays at 1 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. I'm Robin Trzynski from the original Mattress Factory. Waiting for a mattress sale? This is your wake-up call. Every holiday, an outrageous sale. Every day, a different price. At Original Mattress, we have never had a sale. Why? Typical mattress sales don't fit our values. We can offer affordable luxury at the same fair price every day because we hand-build your Original Mattress right here. Spend your holiday at home, not in the mattress store. The Original Mattress Factory, thoughtfully made, honestly priced. Visit OriginalMattress.com. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. John Van Pay, pastor and author of the new book, Marathon Faith. Surrendering your life to Jesus is the greatest decision you'll ever make. But that's just the starting line. Many of us begin our spiritual races of following Jesus with unrealistic expectations that hinder us from crossing the finish line. Every faith journey encounters obstacles. Just open the Bible. And my new book, Marathon Faith, Motivation from the Greatest Endurance Runners of the Bible, I write about how men and women of faith overcame obstacles and how you can do the same. Along with scriptural references, I include my own life experiences about endurance running. When things get tough, let God help you endure your race so you too can finish well. Order your copy of author John Van Pay's compelling new book, Marathon Faith, Motivation from the Greatest Endurance Runners of the Bible, at Amazon and at BarnesandNoble.com. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. Oh, long time no see. It's me, the rock t-shirt in the back of your closet. Dude, remember? You crowd surfed in me, man. But you haven't worn me in like forever. I get it, you're retired, but I still got some rock left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Dr. Jeffries is wearing back with us, astrophysicist, research scholar, and executive director of online learning at Reasons to Believe. Jeff's the author of Is There Life Out There? Who's Afraid of the Multiverse? And co-author of the Impact Event Series. Jeff also holds a part-time research faculty position at UCLA. Jeff, welcome back. 
Hi, Kathy. It's good to be here today. Very nice. Thank you, Jeff. Oh, so, Jeff, you're focusing on one Genesis 1-1 today. Why that? Well, I think that's one of the uh, it's one of the more known verses out of the Bible, for one thing, outside yes. of John 3.16. But it's also one of those verses that has a lot of scientific import to it that I think we can use as a great tool to engage people with the gospel, because it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. All right. So it's not a long passage. Um, do you think, though, even even though it isn't, that it has it's full of endless import, really? It, it really is, you know, because it's one of those verses that, uh, you know, it talks about how God is outside of creation. In fact, God is instead of God being somebody who's trying to uh, rearrange pre-existing matter and making things that it has that connotation of God bringing something into existence out of nothing. And that's a one, it's distinct amongst a lot of the world religions, but also it's something that allows us to weigh in scientifically, because if the universe indeed had a beginning, there ought to be some signature of that as we look at this creation. Mm. And uh, and I, I can tell you that when you look at the history of science over the last 100, 120 or so years, um, we, we kind of take for granted that looks like there might be a beginning to the universe. But for go back to the start of the 1900s, and scientists thought the universe was eternal and existed forever. So that's something where scientific discoveries over the last 100 years have made that idea that the universe has a beginning a lot more credible. That's really interesting. Okay, so Jeff, in the beginning, now whenever I hear that phrase, I think about uh, sort of a recent, I don't, know the, I don't know if you can call this a discovery or not, but apparently you can look through a telescope and see pre-Big Bang. Is that true? Well, no, I mean, when you look through a telescope, there's actually kind of this hard limit that uh, very early in the universe, there's a period where light can't penetrate through that. But we can basically look back and see back to the early moments of the universe. And from that, we can tell how it develops. And we can actually develop pretty strong theorems that say it looks like the universe really did have a beginning based on the measurements we make of the universe that we can see. And I think that's a pretty powerful point. So how do you measure the universe? In, in what sense? Because uh, there's lots of different ways. In any sense. Tell, tell me the different senses that one could measure the universe. Yeah, so when you see the, you know, the pre-Big Bang like we talked about, and you said, well, you or can measure. Or not pre-Big Bang, or just, just post, just slightly post. How, how, do you, how, do you measure, how do you measure size? Well, so the, the hard part is we can't actually go out and, you know, put a ruler to it or anything like that. So all we can do is look at the light that is coming to us, or there's actually some other messengers. We can look at gravitational waves, or we can look at neutrinos. But nonetheless, these things are coming toward us, and we make measurements of them. And from those measurements, based on those measurements and things that we can go do in the lab, now we can work out and say, okay, how far away is something? How long did it take to form? How long did it take to get where it is? Um, you know, put it all together, and what what does it tell us about the universe? So it's really just using telescopes to look at stars, look at hydrogen that's floating through the universe, look at the neutrinos, look at the gamma rays and X-rays, put all of that together and then say, okay, what does that tell us about how old the universe is and whether it had a beginning or not? So it's it's a fairly complicated process, but it's also conceptually somewhat straightforward once you kind of begin to understand what's going on there. So Stephen Hawking just passed away uh, last week. 
Um, and am I right in saying that early in his career, he said that the, he, he talked about the universe just kind of being pre-existent. But then later in his career, he came to believe that the universe had a beginning. What's significant about that, about that determination uh, and a scientific basis that the universe had a beginning? Well, th- that's really interesting because when he was uh, first starting to do his scientific work, again, we're in that period where we thought the universe had just been around forever. And he was uh, very knowledgeable of quantum mechanics, very knowledgeable of general relativity, which are the, the tools or the scientific models that we use to evaluate that. And he was able to do some pretty foundational work that showed that if you run time backwards, eventually you run into this place where the laws of physics break down. And he took, you know, that laws of physics breaking down uh, is a sign of, or one way of saying, okay, there's a beginning to the universe. And so it's actually his work with some colleagues of his that really kind of changed the mindset, especially with the discovery of the cosmic microwave background radiation, which is a key component of validating some of the assumptions that he put into his model, that the universe has a beginning. And so... Uh, you know, kind of starting from the 60s and 70s on, the discussion in the scientific community is in the context of does the universe have a beginning or not, because it really does look that way now. I see. So was there a time whenever scientists could say, okay, specifically, we are confident now that there was a beginning to the universe? Was there ever a marker? Um Yes and no. So, I mean, you know, you've got uh, Alex Belenkin, who's a very prominent cosmologist, who a colleague of Stephen Hawking, you know, at Stephen Hawking's 70th birthday party, made a statement, uh, you know, made made a speech. And during his talk presentation, he was saying, there's no way we can get around it. The universe indeed has a beginning. And so... Uh, it's just looking at Hawking's theorems as well as some expansions of those, whether we live in a multiverse or not, that really kind of no matter how we look at it at this point, it seems like no matter how far or whether we're talking about things before the Big Bang or not, at some point in time when we go backwards in time, we eventually run into a place where there's a boundary and that's a beginning. And so I'm not going to say every scientist thinks there's a beginning. In mm-hmm. fact, a lot of scientists are still looking for, do we really have to have a beginning or can we get around it? And uh, you know, it's, it's going to take a quantum theory of gravity, which we don't have to truly answer that question for sure. But I can say this, that when you look at the history of the 1900s and early t- 2000s, every ways that scientists have looked and said, oh, can we get around a beginning? Eventually, the data pushed, pushed us back to saying, no, there is indeed a beginning. And so that, to me, is a great confirmation, affirmation and validation that the Bible all along, all along has been right about that that description. Well, that's fascinating. It's Dr. Jeff Swearing from Reasons to Believe. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. We love when you and your colleagues are with us. All the information about Reasons to Believe and about Dr. Jeff Swearing, his, his uh, work and his books, find us right now on Facebook, The Ride Home with Johnny Kathy. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. I'm Robin Truszynski from the Original Mattress Factory. If you're considering paying retail price for a new mattress, this is your wake-up call. Why is there suddenly a mattress store on every corner? Well, just Google mattress markups. Original Mattress is a private label mattress brand sold directly to the public. We own the factory and the store. Why? Let's just say excessive markups don't fit our values. Just say no to the middleman. 
The Original Mattress Factory, thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com. November 7th through 15th, experience nine days and seven nights of breathtaking vistas, stunning sunsets, and the very best of Greece, courtesy of the Pittsburgh Airport Area Chamber of Commerce. Enjoy round-trip air, first-class accommodations, superb cuisine, and deluxe transportation through the beautiful countryside, ancient ruins, and rustic villages of the birthplace of Western civilization. All for just $3,099 per person when you reserve by March 30th. Details on the travel page at paacc.com. Around the world. There are young people who face a difficult decision, continue their dream of education, or drop out to help support their families. In a single moment, you can help them write a new story. See potential, not poverty, at unbound.org. Hey, welcome back. Uh, You can find us on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. And the cool thing is... We're open for conversation, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Oftentimes people will comment and then we'll comment back and they'll go, holy smokes, you guys are actually there. As though we had like personal assistance, right? Right. I usually have my people get back to yeah. you. Hey, Tina will uh, just uh, <laughs> chime in for me. She's going to be my ghost writer. Is Tina your person? Tina is my personal no. assistant. Okay. Actually, we have none. No, we don't have we personal assistants. We, we barely have ourselves. I yeah, mean, half exactly. the time. I mean, so happy. So yeah, go to Facebook if you want to talk to us. Yeah, or Twitter. That's fine. Direct oh, message. Or an email. Um, or just talk to us. I get tired of email. Do you? I just I get so much email. I get I'm so overwhelmed with email. You know, I'm just I, overwhelmed with email. I took my computer home or my laptop home over the weekend with every good intention to go back and look at the past week's emails. And just go through them all. Yes. If you you've sent I, me an email and I haven't responded to you, can I just take this moment to apologize? <laughs> What's just so easy? I just—I mean, you know, I'm you get over, an email. I just—I'm—I'm I'm drowning in them right now. Please don't take it personally. Uh, the Easter Bunny. Of, Please take of, the, of of all of the holiday-inspired accoutrement. Yes. The Easter Bunny is the worst. It's the absolute worst. It's an insult. It's tacky and really low rent. Yeah, I'll go with that. It really <laughs> yeah. is. I mean, Santa has wonderful historical connotations. Yeah. Saint Nicholas and, and Saint and Nicholas kind. was fascinating, and there's all these wonderful international examples of how people have celebrated Saint Nicholas. Everything. Yeah. The Easter Bunny, really. You know, what creeps me out when you what? go, the, like when you go and see, like uh, the, you know, the, the Easter Bunny sitting on a chair like Santa at the mall. That is the dumbest. Is that- most, and then we're going to take a train so we can ride around the Easter right. Bunny. It's that's scary. So, kind of scares inane. me. When it's I see the Easter Bunny like that, I think that's oh, just dear, not right. It's ridiculous. All right. So to get out of my you know doldrum <laughs> that I'm Easter in when bunny. I think about the Easter Bunny, I decided to look up the Easter Bunny today and like oh, figure out where it came from because I, I think am. it's nuts. I'm Kathy Emmons okay. and I hate the Easter Bunny on 101.5 <laughs> WORD. All right. The Easter Bunny is a... a Folkloric figure and symbol of Easter, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Originating among German Lutherans. Uh huh, see? What? There you go. As Easter hare, H A R E. Dissing on the Lutherans. Originally played the role of a judge, evaluating whether children were good or disobedient in behavior at the start of the season of Easter tide. It sounds oh a gosh. lot like Santa. Yeah. The Easter bunny is sometimes depicted with clothes. In legend, the creature carries colored eggs in his basket, candy, and sometimes also toys to the homes of children, and as such shows great similarities to, I don't know, the big fat guy in red, right? What? Who? It sounds just like Santa. Oh, yeah. It sounds just like Santa. How about, how about the uh, story Peter Cottontail? Did that scare you to death as a kid? I love 
Beatrix Potter. That, oh my gosh, I love the story of Peter Rabbit. Oh, it made me so anxious. Farmer McGregor, oh. he was after he, him. He was for blood, is what Peter he was doing. Peter was bad. I used to get so scared. And you oh, know why? Please, you know why you were scared? Mm. Because he had three sisters that were monitoring him, like your sisters. <laughs> Do you remember what Peter's sisters' names were? <laughs> I never thought of it like that. All of a sudden, I'm on the couch with a, with an Easter bunny. That's right. What <laughs> monitoring, Peter? Me. Now I'm not reading this. This is just from my own story. Flopsy. Yes. Flopsy, Mopsy, yes. and Cottontail. Uh, yes, no, uh, that's no, uh, so good. What is it? No, no, Flopsy, right. Mopsy, and Cottontail. Hey, okay, good. That's impressive. Okay, this is the biggest thing, going back to the Easter Bunny you, that Mark. I found out. Yes. The German tradition of the Easter Bunny, or Easter hare, bringing Easter eggs for children started in 1682. Nice. I mean, if you said, when did the Easter Bunny start bringing candy? I told you, I would have thought, like, 1950. Yeah. That's what I would have guessed. No, 1682. No, no. Well, you'd think we could have arrived at something, I don't know, it was a little more traditional looking. What? There was nature. The Easter Bunny sitting on the throne at Ross uh, Park Mall yeah. is just <laughs> That's humiliation is what it is. Hey, again, we're on Facebook. You want to talk about the Easter Bunny? We're on Twitter. Yeah, I guess so. Well, we're on to the Easter Bunny. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow. God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Michael Medved for townhall.com. A new poll by the Economist YouGov organization shows glaring contradictions in the way Democrats define morality. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.